0: Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes. This is Reconstructed Faith. Welcome back to the Reconstructed Faith Podcast. My name is Colson Lechner, joined by my partners in crime, Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes. Chris Legg is here with me uh, in studio. Bryn Starnes is at home. And guys, yes, I, yes. I'm glad to be back with you guys. Good we, to be here. We are talking today um a little bit about uh, we can we can do air quotes for current events. Um, but Chris Chris sent us a text. This morning, saying, Oh, it, I think it, it'd be valuable to to listen to Albert Moeller's podcast, um, and we can talk a little bit about it. And so, uh, it kind of revolved around this idea of a book that came out about de churching and, um, that concept of Americans and American believers leaving the church. Um, and so, I that sounds pretty at least germane to what we're talking about, oh, and yeah, so, for sure. Worth, uh, worth a discussion. So Chris, do you want to just kick us off with, you know, some initial thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, that was, it was interesting. Uh, so Dr. Mueller was actually responding to two different news articles that came out, I guess, today or yesterday. Um, I think one was in the New York Times. I don't remember what the other one was. I think
0: they both were. One okay. was Chris, uh, Nicholas Christoph. Was okay. The, it was an opinion piece.
1: And both of them referenced the great de-churching, mm-hmm. which is a, a recent book by Jim Davis and Michael Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not read the book yet, um, but basically what they're doing is they're making the claim that in the last 25 years, we have seen a greater decline in Christianity, uh, or at least in church, church attendance, um, mm-hmm. than we saw an increase in church attendance during Three of the great awakening periods in the United States,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and immediately as I heard that statistic, I was I did the kind of the same thing that Dr. Mueller did, which was like, I mean, there's a whole lot more Americans now than there was at those. Like, Rises what would the percentage numbers yeah. be? Interesting. And so, I I don't think they could make the same case again. I haven't read the book, and maybe they do. Maybe I'm wrong about this. They couldn't mm. make the same case that the percentages, uh, the percentage of moving away from the church would be greater than the first, second. First Awakening, Second Awakening, or the Billy Graham Crusades. Um, uh, But obviously, regardless of that, or regardless of the claim, they claim, I think, something in the area of 40 million people have left the church in the last 25 years. Mm -hmm. And remind me... That's significant.
0: Were they also talking about like other houses of worship? I feel like they referenced... They
1: They referenced that, but anytime in America you're talking about church attendance, um, I mean... Ten percent is meaningful when you're talking about forty million, that's mm-hmm. four million people. Yeah. But ninety yeah. percent of church attenders or holy site attenders, I mm-hmm. guess, holy place, attend, um, in America are Christian.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, oh, so then yes, okay. I see what you're saying. So, so, it's so it's a like, it's
1: a so the numbers are if it's forty million and if if it's evenly broken out, and I am hundred percent sure it is not evenly broken out. Fair um, but that uh that church attendance because I, I know that because, for example, the in the Protestant uh, evangelical world, we are not seeing the same type of numbers that some of the mainline denominations are as far as people mm-hmm. leaving.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's still significant. It's still meaningful, but it's not. Uh, we we are, the evangelical church in America, at least the last statistic I saw, now again, I've not read the book, maybe they contradict this, is that the evangelical com, com, uh, well, well, the evangelical churches are maintaining, essentially, mm. r- related to population growth. And so we're not losing or gaining a ground in the American world. But again, that's not okay. That's not like that's like, oh good. Whew. Like because if if millions of people are even leaving other denominations, they're they're not coming to the evangelical denominations at right. a high enough rate that we're growing. Right. Um, and so we're we are losing people, but we're also gaining people are leaving the back door and coming in the front door. Mm-hmm. Um so it, it's a very real thing that we yeah. are losing church attendance in churches around the country. Um, now, where we are here in Tyler, Texas, which we describe as the you know diamond on the cowboy on the buckle of the Bible <laughs> belt. Right. Um, it, you can't get any more of that here. And so you would think we would be the last place as as you know, we'll be the last kind of hill above the waters when it comes to church attendance. Mm-hmm. Um But we see it here, too. I mean, it's even, it is much more normalized for people to not be embarrassed, so to speak, that they're missing church on Sunday morning, that the social Mm -hmm. equity that comes with attending churches is, um, is, with that, we do see that being lost here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've got to assume that's the first step, is when people stop worrying about missing. It's not that they're not a part of it. It's not that they don't care. They're just like, I mean, it's fine. And and then the next step will be why bother
2: mm. yeah
1: and i don't know if the book engages with covid um mm-hmm. because yeah, we obviously I saw a lot and and dr uh, muller mentioned that too um about the question of covid and and i mean cuz we definitely we saw we have people so here we are 2023 and we have people who are just now starting to come back from covid and mm. other people who left during covid and who have not come back Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing to me that I'll talk to people. I talked to a couple the other day that was saying like, yeah, I was going to ask them about where they go to church. And they, they said, oh, we go to South spring. And I was like, well, that's cool. Now I don't, I don't know that I have seen y'all around that much. And they are like, well, okay. So typically we watch it mm. online. And so it's like, oh, oh, that's great. I mean, I'm glad you're watching it online. You might, you might go ahead and you know, come on in as well, because <laughs> you're getting a very small piece, a very small percentage of what church is intended to be mm-hmm. if it's online.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah,
2: Which is an interesting point that he covers of like why I feel like there's a lot of reasons that people are leaving. Those that are leaving, there's a lot of reasons for that. And I think he does cover like COVID is one of them, or at least Albert Mueller did, not that the article did. Mm-hmm. But, but it's interesting to think about, okay, what does that mean about our view of what church is? that was kind of one of my takeaways you know of like well mm-hmm. is it something that in our mind is optional or replaceable or mm-hmm. is just providing us something that another yeah. aspect of life provides us which then you know is a is a view of church that needs to be challenged you know yeah
0: yeah cuz what i think of is similar to a lot of american culture right now which i think has just been it's been a trend for a while is the consumption, yeah. you know, we are, we are consumers, materialistic, whatever you want to call it though. But it's like, if your mindset is, what can I get out of this? And it's like, well, I'm just going to listen to this sermon that I really like and listen to music that I like. Then it's like, well, you can listen to that at, at home or say, and again, I'm not trying to hate on people right? that, of are, course. that are, that are watching. I'm, I'm more just th- saying like, if that's your mindset of like, well, this is what church is rather mm-hmm. than, Hey, I'm an, I'm a member of this body. I am a participant in what's going on. And my absence is, uh, is robbing other people of God's design. And I'm, I'm missing out on what God's true design is for this you know body of believers. I think if you have the consumption mindset, then it's like, well, one, that, that seems quintessentially American right now. And then two... It's, you know, you you really are missing out, right? Yeah.
2: And then when you combine, not necessarily um, assuming this is people's reason, but when you combine the cultural shift that's happening right now with all the issues that are really tough to tackle, like we've been talking about, sometimes it is easier if the church is not aligning with culture, if it's viewed as just a community, um, not, and the church is supposed to be community, but if it's just viewed as like a social interaction that is optional, then when it becomes inconvenient mm-hmm. or when it becomes like our lives are too busy or those social things that are contradicting or coming into conflict with culture, mm-hmm. make it uncomfortable somehow to engage with, then all of those things combined make sense why it's easier not mm-hmm. to att- like I said, not assuming that we know the reasons that people aren't attending, but, but it makes sense to me why, mm-hmm. why we would see decline in, in church attendance, you know?
1: Yep. And, and it's, it's intriguing to me. So we've seen this, it, the day, the timing is what drew my attention to this. So okay. um, because of my role as a therapist as well, I try to keep an eye on, uh, you know, mental health and suicide statistics and just recently, I was trying to see when they released it. I don't know if there's a date on this, but um, the CDC recently released the 2022 numbers. Um, Because, you know, they're always right cutting edge on top of things. Um, we're here in <laughs> August of 2023 and we're getting 2022 numbers anyway, but of suicide and statistics. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that we've seen this massive decline in the de- de-churching in the last two decades, which which maps right on top of when we started seeing suicide rates increase in America. Mm-hmm. So for like 15 years, they had been going down across the board. And then about 20-ish years ago, they started climbing. Um, and And so looking at some of these numbers are just, you know, it's pretty wild mm-hmm. where we see. Um, we see so tiny decreases among a very small populations, mm. maybe most shockingly in this last year. So, that and this is <clears throat> there were people writing about this before, but that they predicted that the um, child up to college age would actually decrease in suicide and depression during COVID. Um, and that's actually what happened, apparently. Um, suicide rates and despair and depression rates actually went down among the ten to twenty four. Ten to twenty four is too big an age range. I don't know why they would do that. It should be yeah,
2: that 10, seems... ten to
1: eighteen and eighteen to twenty four. That mm-hmm. kind of thing is, is silly. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but in general, there was a decrease, and some people were predicting that because it turns out being at home with mm-hmm. your family um, is healthier for kids mm-hmm. um, than being in the social situation. The social pressure sometimes, especially for high school kids, and that mm-hmm. that. That, that was caused predicted. a lot of
2: anxiety. <laughs> yep.
1: That caused tons and tons of anxiety. And so, yeah. um, and that there's something healthy about being at home and being around your family and that kind of stuff sometimes. And that is not for every family, for every situation, but right. it is, it is intriguing that there was a, uh, there was a little bit of a, a connection there. And of course, what we've known for, so this is the way, what I think this means we've known for generations that kids who have parents who are invested and involved in their lives and in their education are healthiest well a lot of parents had no choice but to be invested and involved in their kids right. <laughs> lives and education right. for the first time during yeah. covid and sure enough we saw that increase i think we'll we'll see that go back to its other numbers during this year so the it late late in 2024 when we finally get 2023's numbers we'll get to see we'll probably see that catch back up. I could mm. be wrong about that. I hope that's obviously not the case, but um but we see increases among, you know, significant increases among people 45 to 64, people between 65 and and older um both men and women saw a significant increase in suicide during this last year and this has been a continuation of a pattern. Mm. So it's just uh, you know, it's pretty pretty heart-wrenching. I don't I don't say there's a one-to-one correlation between the fact that people aren't going to church and therefore their
0: right, suicide right.
1: rates are up. I just think what we're seeing is less and less stability in most people's lives. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> well, and there are studies, right, that um, show that anxiety low—not that it is a cure, but a lower people who are consistently in a church, a part of a church body report lower records of anxiety and depression yes
1: yeah yeah and marriages are a quarter like 25 percent, more likely to be healthy and survive Mm. and that's for people who are engaged not just you know you know just have a name that you're connected to because that Mm. that was one of things that blew me away years ago was and we should have guessed at this but that uh you know claiming to be a christian does not meaningfully change like your marriage satisfaction scores your depression anxiety scores that kind of stuff but living as though you are a Christian does.
2: yeah.
1: Um, now, some of that is just sociological because mm-hmm. living as a good Muslim or as a good Jew will have some of the same positive effects um, on people. But uh, so some yeah. of it is just sociological. It's not theological, so to speak. It's sociological. I mean, it's theological in that human God made humans to live in mm-hmm. family systems and in packs and herds. And I mean, that's that's yeah. how God made us but it isn't surprising uh it it it's you know it shouldn't be surprising to us that that when we have the stability of of what god teaches us and to live that life that community life under mm-hmm. his shepherding that that's very very powerful and mm-hmm. what we're seeing right now is we're seeing um you know kind of like years ago some people i'm sure you know john and others have heard me say this but that You know, one of my fears for America was the fact that we, you know, I'm part of the 13th generation of Americans, Gen X. And we were the first generation not conscripted into war, into the military. And I was like, okay, war is bad. I don't like war. I think war is bad. Uh, At the same time, there may be some negative cultural consequences to having several generations in a row not be conscripted, not have to face combat, not have to experience those things. Like, I, I, I think it's bad, and yet sociologically there may be some things that it costs us. Like, I assume combat's pretty good for weeding out the type of people who shoot up schools. Um, you know, those people probably don't play well with others and well, and they probably don't survive combat. And so we're likely, and I, and I don't know this, I'm making this up. So what are the effects on that? Well, what we have right now is people who don't like church and don't believe in Christianity and even think that they're negative influencers waking up and going, um, this may be bad for our culture that we have so many people leaving the church mm. um, and that's purely for the sociological aspects. Um, but, and which is something Dr. Moeller unpacked, which of course we would agree with that, you know, belonging without believing that's, you not you're not really belonging. You don't belong to the church unless you also follow Christ. And the only reason mm. I come to church is because I follow Christ. I don't come just for the, well, and there's donuts. And coffee, mm. so I I will admit that that's part of my motivation too. But the, uh, um, but that wouldn't sustain you coming for, I mean, me, not for not for the not for the amount of time that I come. Fair enough, that's for sure. That's yes. for sure. And um,
2: you come plenty of times when there are not donuts. You
1: know, that's true. I do come at times when there aren't donuts. That's a you're good. You're not day. as happy. I wouldn't. You're, you're not, not as even...
0: happy on those days, <laughs> no, right? <that's> but
1: <laughs> we all know the truth. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. But that's. I don't come to church just for the social gathering um, I come to church for mm-hmm. because I'm gathering with other mm-hmm. people who follow and if, Christ. And if
0: those things were taken away. Yeah. I would
1: still you follow would still, Christ.
0: Yeah. You'd still.
1: Yeah. And yeah, yeah have and de- did and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's for sure. I agree with him that Christianity is not merely a belonging. It is a believing uh, or it's a belonging to Christ, not merely to a church.
2: Well, um, because I think, I think when it comes to belonging, like what we're seeing in culture is that, I think we do desire belonging, but if something comes in to conflict with that, where it's like, okay, my belonging to this group has to come up against, you know, something else, whether it's like my discomfort or me adopting something that socially makes me belong less or like whatever it is, it makes sense that belonging without belief isn't enough because you can go and find belonging somewhere else. Like you can, and and arguably... From our perspective it's not the same kind of belonging but if that's the only thing holding you there then it's like well i really need sleep
0: like right, right. We'll,
2: well trump that if it's not accompanied by belief and i think that's why we're seeing there are other groups in the states that have a large number of people who are joining them because they do belonging <clears throat> really well but you don't have to sacrifice some of the other things that you're called to sacrifice when you want to belong to the church body. Is that, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, and so, and we've talked about before, there there are circles in the U.S. that arguably do hospitality and belonging better than some churches, you know? Um, and so, and that's a, a conviction to us as a church, as a capital C church, but. Right. Uh, it makes sense to me that that if it's costing you something and there's not a belief accompanying it, mm-hmm. then, then that would be an exit from that church and belonging would make sense.
1: Right. Well, and I think that's um, I think that's part of what the challenge is, is that is that some people that right now I think what and what one of the articles, at least that was he was referencing pointed out was the guy was saying you know, I'm not a practicing Christian um, and I never really have been, even though I went to church, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of, I remember his example was pretty fascinating of, I don't like, like I never really held on to these beliefs. I don't really believe that Jesus rose from the dead, et cetera, but I sure do like singing mm-hmm. in church uh-huh. um, and that kind of stuff. And then it was, how do you... Um, like, what, what do you do with that? And he's like, and then he's actually said, I don't think I can get my friends to gather together and sing yeah. under normal situations. And so I think, I think that's part of the issue is that what they're discovering is there isn't an easy way mm-hmm. to get it to go. Mm. Um, Not like to that. the
2: same extent commitment anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I, I feel like that's, that's part of the issue here is that they're facing and that's, that's tough. No doubt about yeah. it.
2: Well, and I think some of it, so I was reminded the other day of our conversation with Mark, because I was reading through The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Uh-huh. And there was an excerpt that reminded me so much of our conversation with Mark Leg about how seeking is so popular right now, but not finding. And I think that mm. there's, and I can read part of it because it's obviously very poetically described in C.S. Lewis's book. but
1: Yeah, don't you hate that guy? he talks. <laughs> I hate how good a writer uh, he is sometimes.
2: Yeah. Um, but it, it just reminded me, that kind of reminded me of the situation because I think when we have a culture that emphasizes seeking, we're also inadvertently um, keeping ourselves from that type of community because community means that we have to be bonded over something, you know, like being yeah. happy having a shared belief is what typically bonds groups of people together and friends. And like, yeah, I don't agree with my friends on everything, but with all my friends, I have something shared. And, and if you don't land on any belief whatsoever, then you are, you're trying to be open-minded and, and essentially keep yourself, um, appealing to all people. But what happens is then you have no depth of community with anyone. Yeah. Um, and i think that's just contributing to um to this problem of like we like he's saying no one's going to sit and sing with him you know just for the sake of of singing typically right. um if there's no belief backing it
1: yep i agree and I, I think that's not a um i mean i think that's part of the challenge that we face for sure is how do we not somehow claim, hey, come here and find a good country club? And, right. you know, it's not merely, as we say at the church, it's not merely a dysfunctional family. You know, it's not, that's not, that's not all you're getting out of this. This is really meant to be a living out of a personal relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And and so it's not just, hey, we're going to get together and sing, um, mm-hmm. which is obviously that's great, but that's not the that does that's not the end that's mm-hmm. not the end of of the plan so anyway i think there's a good there's a good conversation to be had here i i think there is something unhealthy about and not healthy for our country this great dechurching that's happening um and it was intriguing that many of the things that they threw out there as reasons why were strongly linked to the things we've talked about on this podcast Mm-hmm. Um, the closed-mindedness attitude or the Christian stance on certain issues of sin. You mean people uh, reasons that
2: people are listing that they're that Why they're, they're leaving.
1: de-churching, yeah.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: Um, and so it's interesting. I don't know how I feel about the idea that, well, what if people started to come back just because they were despairing or discouraged or lonely? Well, I mean, in one sense, that's why a lot of people came to follow Christ in the first place, as they had realized all the other wells were dry, Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I'm certainly not opposed to that kind of thing. If that's the reasoning why people come back is because they're lonely, but at what a weird thought, the thought of coming back to church for some reason other than Christ Yeah, and and how that would have to be corrected very quickly. Like, no, no, we're not, this isn't just a gathering of people. This is a gathering of a family with a father who, who has adopted us. So mm-hmm. it'll be an interesting thing for us to wrestle through if that day comes when people are coming, going, listen, I just want a place to raise my kids. And mm-hmm. sadly now, even as I'm saying it, I'm thinking, gosh, how many people are already doing that and how yeah, many have been doing it for 50 or 60 years. And that's mm-hmm. part of why they're they their unchurching is because mm. they weren't, capital C churched in the first place. We, we've talked about that before, that the early church fathers already began to identify the difference between the visible church and the invisible church.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The
1: visible church being people who are present and the invisible church being people who follow Christ, no matter where they are. And I think the visible church, every time there is any pressure, the visible church shrinks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because why would you come if it's going to cost you something, if the only reason you're coming is That you gain something. That you gain something. Yeah. And so
0: um,
1: the only reason you would keep coming is if you were willing to pay everything in order to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the actual Christian calling is not, we come because it offers some social equity. If it does, great. If it doesn't, fine. Like that's, um, and we've talked about how um, it's intriguing. This is why I talked to some of my friends in the African-American church uh, which I wish I look forward to the day. I'm sure I'll be dead before it happens when that delineation no longer makes any sense to anybody um, when yeah. you just, but but right now it still does. And so um, the African American Evangelical Church and talked to some of the, my pastor friends and said, I you know you you guys have more experience not having the social equity. You have more experience not being welcomed in your communities. Um, it wasn't because of your Christianity, it was because of your uh, ethnicity. But being a Christian did not save you from it. Mm. And so, like, you know what it's like to not to literally have probably have white people not want a black church in their neighborhood. Mm. And and as broken and messed up as that is and infuriating as that is, I am sure that is the case. Well, what's it going to be like when you have white people telling white churches, we don't want your church in our neighborhood? Mm -hmm. Um, We don't trust you. We don't think you should be here. We think you. Devalue the property or whatever it was that they mm-hmm. would say, and how do you like? We're the, the I feel like the white evangelical church is going to have a lot to learn from the black church
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, over the next few decades as we we have to join them in being, um, you know, kind of unwelcome in our own home, so to speak. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and I think we have to do the hard work like we've been encouraging on every topic when it comes to Christianity. But I think this is no exception when it comes to doing the hard work of asking ourselves, why do we go to church and teaching our families and, and even speaking that truth to each other? Cause I think that's like a very basic question that we don't ask a lot of times. It's like, even if we love Jesus, like, but why is attending church together important? Like, why is that something that is it optional? Is it something that, you know, is like twice Or, you know, 50% of the time is okay. Like all these questions that I don't think we, we think to ask ourselves a lot of times of like, okay, if someone asked me, why is it important to be a part of a church body? What would I say? Because I think if we haven't thought through that, then even if we love Jesus, attending church can become cultural for us or like just a, it's, it's not a practice that we hold dearly and even value. Um... Like highly, it's just something that even though we love Jesus, we do. And because of technology and whatever it is, um, there are other options of like, well, you know, I'm an extrovert. So going in person makes sense for me instead mm-hmm. of like a deep theological answer of like, why are why are we called to be a part of a church body?
1: You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And and I think, again, all those other things show us it, it isn't merely attending that does it, nor is it merely claiming to believe something that does it. It is believing and living it out that really changes our lives in powerful ways. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to do a little more research on Michael Graham and Jim Davis and what their perspective is and maybe get on their read their book and if mm-hmm. we do, we can discuss it here as well at some point. I think that'd be valuable. So for those who are out there, I gotta tell you guys, I've had um I don't I think three or four different people who have commented to me recently about their appreciation for this podcast. and uh, and so I I, I underestimate it because if you know for me, it's just whoever's in the room um, like hey, this is this is good stuff and fun for me and I, I like discussing this. but I have been intrigued at how many people believers and in a couple of cases non-believers or people who are deconstructing or are wrestling through that whole process. Who have said something to me recently, including a couple like who are total strangers who I didn't know at all who found me either through this or um, one person who had come to visit the church because of this podcast or had sent their friend here because of the podcast. So um, I'm really encouraged by that. I'm really encouraged to think that there are people who are wrestling, um, whether believers or not, and are encouraged that we're willing to have these conversations. So, yeah, um, I really appreciate that. And um, we we love getting feedback. So anybody who's out there, we would love to know feedback, no matter what what side or what part of this process you're in. Um, in fact, there's uh, if I remember correctly, there's a student who I was talking to who is looking to is considering doctoral work along the lines of the deconstruction movement mm. and and had found us that way and was reaching out. So That's anyway, awesome. just just some neat, some neat conversations that have been happening with that. Um, and I look forward to us. Continuing in these, and 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 I think you know research or, or podcasts like these show us that this is still a like mm-hmm. we're not done with this job yet, and there's right. there's still a need all. for this, and um, right. I'm so excited about the the guests who we've had and the new guests we'll have, and, and I'm hoping we get more and more questions as well mm-hmm. um, to help guide us with where we need to go next. Because I think it we're doing the major. we're going to look at some of the more of the conversations about. People who are deconstructed, whether in re, in you know live or interviews online or books or um, you know websites or whatever. So please send us stuff, and we'll love to. We'll try to look at it and and give a response to it.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up. Trust God. Search for answers. All right, done.